evening, all you brothers and sisters here in Cyberholic Junk Space with memes in your eyes and ad blockers on your shoes. This is Destroy All Clickbait, a show with one weird trick to make you rich working from home. Other podcasts hate this. Uh, with me, as always, are Ing and Avi, and I am Adam. Hello, Hello. all. Hello, I am Ing, and my so- ad tracker shoes blew up. <laughs> Well, that's what they're. Yeah, that's that's the the next stage of cybernetic warfare is ad ad trackers versus. But uh, did you hear that story just... about the exploding shoes, though? There was a story I about not, exploding no. shoes. A guy rigged his shoes to have a camera shutter in it because okay, uh, most of a digital camera is actually casing and lens. Yeah, the actual stuff like really can just be easily palmed outside of the casing, so he put it into his shoe. So that he could take upskirt photos oh. with his shoe, oh, yes, and the this. camera <laughs> caught fire, oh and subsequently God. his shoes caught fire. Uh-huh. Oh, jeez! Karmic justice. Oh, jeez. Yep. Well, don't feel too sorry for him. He was doing. I mean, it for- <laughs> I heard about people using selfie sticks for that purpose as well, but man. <laughs> Yeah, but a selfie stick catch fire, it's just, oh no, my stick is on fire and I have the <laughs> torch that I didn't want. Yeah. When your shoes catch fire, it's, well, shoot, what am I going to do with, you know, now I lack shoes? Is, or a shoe, at least. Yeah. Well, Presumably need... the camera was just on one shoe. Oh, no, somehow they both caught. No, I don't They know. both caught? I'm oh, sorry, okay. no, no, uh... I was just thinking, Or did he have two shoes, both with cameras, lo- that way he could do it on either foot? Logically, you'd think it would be one, but I was just imagining if it was both. Oh, God. Just people watching. <laughs> both caught on why? fire simultaneously. Yeah. Why would you do uh. this? I, I wanted... Because if I didn't do it them on both, one shoe would be heavier, and it would be a whole thing with walking. It was about getting the... Perfect balance on my camera uh, shoes. Yeah. Naturally. And then I would look re- do a little If it was routine. only in one, my gait would be all off and I would have just looked ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the whole point is that nobody can see the camera, though, right? It's supposed to be hidden, right? Yeah. Or is it? I don't know. Yes, which it's hard to do when it's on fire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, just a bit. Yeah. That, well, that uh, is definitely a. You know, case um, of, uh, I don't think we've official, like, officially, officially done anything with naming episodes. Though I have been on ones on my Patreon. Um, okay. And sometimes it's a stretch to come up with them, but I think that this week's "It's Hard to Hide Fire" is going to be an easy one to select as the name. <laughs> it's hard to hide fire. It's true. <laughs> Banned from the McDonald's, it's hard to hide fire. Um, <laughs> so, Shoes of flame, I am forcibly series. ejected from the Arby's. <laughs> <sighs> because I was on fire. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Combine multiple, and then he gets gets a million hits, so he keeps setting himself on fire <laughs> in increasingly baroque ways. <laughs> Becomes a whole thing. <clears throat> Millennials. Anyway. Um... Is so, there uh, is a but YouTube you... channel where that's the shtick? Oh, I have to look geez. it up, but it started out as like a standard do-it-yourself one, and then he got like a spike of popularity after accidentally shocking himself so that it became a whole running thing with his character of doing it. <laughs> are you are you talking about Threadbanger? I might be. Is he the one with the unibrow? 
No, okay, then Threadbanger does the same oh, thing, God. except with Threadbanger, it's more about cutting himself. Okay, no, it's, <laughs> oh, it's not So he this. just gets blood everywhere. Oh, jeez. See, yeah. the no, shocking what? yourself is, like, potentially funny, but cutting yourself, oh my god. This was a guy that just took the thing that, oh, people found this funny, so I will start actually staging stunts in my videos. <laughs> yeah, that's and what it... He still does I, I, good videos, and it's like, okay, that's... That's fine, alright, that, that's just, you know, we're finding something worked and playing with it to, oh god, why would you do that? No, that, d never do that. Stop the thing! Yeah, with with Threadbanger, it was because they had a specific series called Man vs. Pin, and it started off serious enough, and then I think he did, for reals, cut himself in one episode, and then that got such a reaction that he sort of staged cutting himself more and more drastically in each one. Okay, so it's like <laughs> Penn and Teller show shit, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping. yeah, like... Like there's 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 no possible way he actually did it that way. Although he acts like a dumb buffoon on purpose, mostly because he's doing Pinterest pins where nothing is explained properly, and you have to like go through five pages before you actually find the tutorial for the thing that you want to do. Or it turns out, hey, the thing that you want to do doesn't actually work that way because some fancy schmancy artist somewhere is actually making the thing. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's Threadbanger. Great. <laughs> Good old Threadbanger. Well, yeah. That's, yeah, I mean, that does seem to be the thing. People doing, t that's that's what Jackass graduated to. It was... Uh, Except uh, uh, Jackass, they were legitimately doing stupid shit to hurt, to hurt, to hurt themselves. <laughs> well, I, I heard recently the best description and summary of Jackass. Uh-huh. Platonic uh -huh. BDSNM. Something like... Something S&M for people who uh, can't admit, admit to themselves some things. <laughs> they get to watch it instead. <sighs> yes. Anyway. So. 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 Uh, we were going to talk today about something about <laughs> something that maybe is uncomfortably close to, uh, or at least related in a bizarre way to the craziness that uh, has what somebody recently called the year of our mess 2018 um it's more like it's was, our uh, update on waluigi <laughs> update on waluigi we are going to do an update on waluigi later in the show as i understand it um <laughs> that'll be a nice uh, that'll be a nice cool down but um I wanted to uh, to mention so apparently neither ing or avi are very well uh, aware of this i've been uh, tweeting if you know my twitter account which is prankster36 um, I've, uh, occasionally I will randomly delve into the world of QAnon. Um, what QAnon is, uh, and some people are already groaning, uh, but essentially, the fast way to describe it is, it's what Pizzagate morphed into, but it got much weirder. Um, it was already pretty weird, it got even weirder. Um, it's the hot conspiracy theory du jour, um, and it's based on someone in um, uh, one of the uh, one of the either Reddit or 4chan or 8chan or one of those places, uh, one of the the seedy backwaters of the internet. Um, there is a um, a guy who started posting. Uh, I think uh, late 2016 uh, or early 2017, uh, referring to themselves simply as Q. 
uh, which I believe is a reference to having Q clearance, which is one of the more higher uh, intelligence uh, clearances you can get. I'm sorry, and, I'm, uh, nothing is going to make me not imagine this as John Delancey trolling people. <laughs> well, I was yeah, going to say, course. like, are you sure it's not a reference to Star Trek? <laughs> Believe it or not, I don't think it is. I, oh, normally, God. normally we're in nerd territory and you assume that they'd all call themselves like Goku84 and I'm a secret, I'm a serious journalist or whatever. But this does honestly appear to be someone who's at least attempting to just uh, define themselves as like a serious uh, intelligence source. And yeah, it really is seemingly coming from um, the, um, uh, that, the idea of Q clearance. Um, and it's, but the thing is, the guy, or girl, or whoever it is that's tweeting this, God, is the guy. most obviously, I don't want to say obviously fake, yes, but you do. obviously stringing people along. <laughs> like, okay. it's, it's quite blatantly, um, it is basically beat poetry, uh, with a lot of weird little, uh, random, um, <laughs> random sentence fragments, like, uh, you know, look to the skies, the plane is coming, panic, they're really afraid, the deep state is going to be drained, look out, watch, trust the plan. Trust the plan is one of their big ongoing uh, phrases. Um, <laughs> basically, uh, the argument is that it's uh, someone close to the Trump administration Sometimes even Trump himself, supposedly, is doing this. <laughs> like, Trump is Q. Uh, and he's posting ah! information about the secret battle he is waging within the halls of power, uh, uh, unbeknownst to the wider world and the media and everyone else, which is in the control of this cabal of all-powerful people for the last multiple thousand years they may as well be snake people and i'm sure snake people have figured into somebody's uh, idea at some of this at some point or another um, please and please adam <laughs> let us be politically correct sneeple 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 <laughs> it's funny i was just talking about on another we're doing another podcast we were talking about the snake people came from coming from cull they probably came from from pulp fantasy fa in the first place but anyway that uh, it's once you get into conspiracy theory stuff it's this insanely knotted web uh but what's funny about this is that it's people who are well not funny it's kind of sad actually uh it's people who are you know conspiracy theorists and they're oh i'm gonna Oh, we're gonna we're gonna crack the, the the halls of the powerful, and we're gonna delve into what all those powerful evil people are doing and running all these evil you know schemes behind our back. But it's just the most naked worship of Trump. Uh, it, in no way is it actually trying to uh, rattle the people who are actually in power. They've constructed a narrative where Trump himself is uh, like he's this lone hero fighting this quote, deep state. I'm sure you've heard that phrase before from these guys. Oh, well, yes, of course. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I mean, they I are, just uh, never, never heard it pronounced that way, but yeah. <laughs> deep state. Uh, 
and the swamp, which is being drained by Trump. Anyway, it's they've gotten so far away from anything resembling reality. Everything you hear on the news is fake, unless you hear something that could line up with the secret conspiracy. Um, for some reason, whenever a celebrity dies or someone dies, they immediately start posting about it and t how that's part of the, the big Q conspiracy. Um, but they... Um, they uh, but it's this huge tangled web of information. And like I say, this is very, to me, like with my very superficial look at what, what's going on, uh, it's quite obviously someone uh, who just started posting things that sounded cryptic and cool uh, and got picked up on as, oh, they're a secret intelligence source. The, the things they seize on to say, oh, this person's legit, oh, they're, they're posting real information, is some of the most ridiculous stuff. And they'll, they'll like, turn Trump's tweets into, like, anagrams to prove that, oh, look, it's, he said, uh, dear, like, Q will say something like, dear friends. And then Trump's tweet two days later will say, uh, dear, dear friends, we're here gathered. And they'll like, <gasps> he predicted that he was going to say dear friends. Like, yeah. it's that kind of thing, <laughs> basically. Uh. Just the most convoluted attempts uh, to justify that this guy is real. Um, and the thing is, now, and, and in some ways I wouldn't talk about this, but uh, the whole Roseanne kerfuffle of a few weeks ago, um, mm -hmm. she, before she got uh, sacked and mercifully, at least temporarily, faded from view, I'm sure she'll be back, uh, but... She was tweeting QAnon conspiracy theories. Because she Tom Arnold was very bad in a former life. <laughs> well, then now he's apparently pretending he's going to save everyone from... Like, he says he had secret information, but on the good side, he was going to help save us from Trump or whatever. Mm. Uh, it's it's two very desperate for attention people. Uh, yeah. Roseanne and Tom Arnold. Um, yeah. But... but, but uh, Roseanne was flat out tweeting uh, QAnon hashtag, which is, it's a hashtag people use. Yeah. Uh, QAnon. And she was saying the same kind of conspiracy theories, which are that there's a giant pedophile ring uh, run by Obama and Hillary Clinton and uh, George Soros. And Jews, uh, basically yes. everyone they don't like. Yeah. So um, that's where it gets insane. And that's where it ties into Pizzagate. And okay. uh, of course, you know, again, not to not to bring everyone down, but with all the horrible stuff that's happening right now, you'd think they would spring into action and be like, aha, this proves it, but Trump's in on it. But no, no, they don't do that. No, this, they've now developed the theory that um, this is being developed to cover up uh, the existing, um, <laughs> the existing pedophile rings that were already existing and being fought by Trump. And everything you hear is all a big false flag to distract from the real fight that's going on and it's because the media hates Trump and they're trying to pin all their crimes on him and I don't even know what's going on um, but it, it it's it, it's it's really depressing uh, but it, it's gotten like clearly fringier and fringier but the reason I bring it up uh, and the reason it's kind of interesting is that it it's become literally a brand uh, QAnon like people there's a whole section of YouTube devoted to people unraveling what QAnon say, basically. Of course like, is. it's literally, here's here's my interpretation of QAnon. <laughs> and people have videos, and they've got 
thousands of likes from and thousands of views from from uh, unraveling what this random person is tweeting on uh, or or posting on Reddit or 4chan. Um, and then uh, I've even seen now quite blatantly some of these bottom feeding uh, promotional gadgets like um, you know online casinos and things. Um, oh, and they'll post QAnon. They'll put QAnon in their thread, in their hash. They'll, they'll put the hashtag in their tweets. Uh, it has nothing to do with QAnon. It has nothing to do. With oh yes, it theories. does. It does it. <laughs> yeah, because uh, think of well, everything. Okay, no, think about it. You're in the casino industry. You yeah. want yeah. people who are very prone to seeing patterns where none exist are at their right. core yep. superstitious and. Uh-huh. Uh, prone to peer pressure and representational bias, but also mm-hmm. with a strong self-bias that can never be wrong. Because those yeah. are the people who will continue coming back to the gambling table because they have a system. Yes, right. exactly. So this yes, is, is the 100- ideal target audience for shady casinos. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's also why Glenn Beck and Alex Jones and everything are always selling uh, fucking buy gold schemes or right. or vita or uh, sleazy vitamin slash lead pill supplements. Exactly. Oh my God. Yes. Or why that one the, preacher, the, uh, 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 what's his fucking face, who has a head like an egg, baker or something, sells like ready to eat meals and just like step uh, demonstrates like huge plastic tubs full of oatmeal and everything for his apocalypse ready <laughs> stuff. Yep. That and that. See, well, at least that has a vague thematic tie. Well, I guess the whole investing gold does as well. My favorite one of those is um, one of the Breitbart guys. Um, yeah, because uh, gold's really fucking valuable in a collapsed society. Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. Well, this guy—he's um, one of these guys who goes on and on about soy boys. You know, your 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 beloved soy boys about yeah. the idea that um, if you if again we're getting into conspiracy theories, but this is more of an alt right thing um, where they believe that if you eat soy, uh, it's feminizing society, and that's why society has gotten feminized and. Uh, in the last, and that's why feminists have taken power or whatever, according to their crazy narrative. Yeah. But um, the hilarious thing is one of them was promoting, it's the guy PJW, I forget his real name, but um, he was promoting um, pills that people could use, and they contained soy! Of course they did, because everything contains soy. Well, that's just... Because it's a a robust crop, a, yes. And a source yep. of low-fat, easily digestible, non-animal protein. Oh, they yep. got to you too, Ing. <laughs> <laughs> the soy, the soy concerns run by the lizard people, and that's that's did just our, it. But it's just they they gone. Did yeah. our previous discussion about the soy thing and that like bizarro logic of the actual science behind it? Did that ever make it to episode? Um, uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think it did. Uh, uh, I think that was on one of the preview shows that we did. Okay, uh, I'll do a didn't. quick summarize. Uh, soy. We definitely did talk about it. So. Yeah, uh, basically, right. <laughs> soybeans are high in sort of a plant analog to estrogen, to estradiol uh, hormone messaging things, and they believe that, that ingesting that is the same as taking hormone 
uh, estrogen hormone shots, which doesn't work that way. One, because as any trans people will tell you, they take those, you know, through injections. They can't just guzzle it like fucking Gatorade. Uh, two. And it would make their life a lot easier. Yeah. If they could. Two. <laughs> but. It, two, it's fucking plants. Three, right. uh, three yeah. that's not even how the andro slash feminization of the brain works, because there's a whole thing involved in that, but basically the estrogen is taken up by the blood-brain barrier and converted into testosterone. Right. Right, which is a whole thing, but yes, that's, it's, no, you're... Just no. Your science is wrong. It's bad, <laughs> and you should feel bad, and soy is fine. And let's be honest, this is just kind of a rephrasing of some orientalist racist tropes. Right, yeah. Yeah, that's that's definitely part of it. Um, yeah. Because well, soybeans in particular are... A, not, I won't say a staple in the Asian diet, but it's there. Yeah, so. I've, ne- I've never seen anyone be able to explain adequately to me why, if soy is such a huge, you know, destructive to society <laughs> ingredient, what about all the societies that literally have been consuming soy, especially in Asia, for, yeah. like, centuries? And, it, <laughs> and, and these guys not only don't have a problem with them, some, in some cases they revere the Asian mm-hmm. societies. Um, no, they don't. So I don't. Well, okay. Okay. Complicated. I, I, I have to. <laughs> I feel the need them. to explain myself because I don't want to come across like I'm being overly bitchy to Adam. But and okay. like when I say the things like, um, like I just said, oh, George Soros there, and I just said yes, Jews. I, I, I'm not. I'm. I have low tolerance for the dog whistle bullshit, and just feel. Look, this is what they're really saying. Right. Well, yes, yeah. No, no, that's perfectly yeah. fine. That's fair. No, that that makes perfect sense. You you are yeah. my translator here. I'm presenting to you <laughs> yes. the superficial. The, I'm saying the superficial uh, argument that these people are making, and you are Ing is doing the uh, Key and Peel thing where he's translating <laughs> what they're actually mean, basically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, yeah, related but... on that, I want to give a thing for why this especially drives me up the no- wall because. As a teenager and, like, into the early, like, pre-20 years, I was big into conspiracy theory and Mm. stuff thing. And I've always hated these people. And one for the things, like, you've said there, it's like, oh, you have someone who's actually blatantly corrupt who they won't actually look into. And (laughs) that they're such fucking easy marks because they'll believe in conspiracy, yet believe that they can't be fooled by it. Right. Yeah. Which is, like, just this Although, irks me so it, much because it's like you're, it's not just that you're in general stupid, but you're also genre blind to the genre <laughs> you believe you're living with. And the second reason yeah. is even when I was big into conspiracy theories, which I've sort of n- gotten away from and not gotten back into, but kind of realized some wasn't entirely wrong. But my statement that I always yelled at these people is that they're wrong not because because they're always looking for the conspiracy. And I said, there's no conspiracy, there's conspiracies. Right. Right. And that that was sort of the thing there. Yes, there actually are a lot of stuff that sounds like conspiracy theory stuff. 
that's 100% true and genuinely yeah. scary. For example, uh, the idea that there are politically connected people connected to somebody who was a human trafficker and engaged in uh, pedophiles and three sex parties. That's absolutely true. Trump yep. was friends uh -huh. with him. Yep. Yeah. And he was big in the Republican right. big in the Republican Party. And to be fair, the Clintons were friends with him too. You're talking about Podesta, right? Yes. Yeah, they're they are obsessed with Podesta, but only the aspect that affects the Clintons. If when it I don't think on it's Trump, actually I don't think it's Podesta, but go on. Oh, okay. No, because th there's a guy. There are a few guys like that who are clearly tied to both the Clintons and the Trumps. Yeah. And mm -hmm. if there's something that reflects badly on the Clintons, they're all over it. But as soon as you go, oh yeah, but there's also tied to Trump. It's like, oh well, that was him being a deep cover agent for decades before he became president and he had to get involved in that scene and he had to do that like they'll they'll tie their brain in pretzels to avoid condemning trump so it's clearly not about oh we're going to crack open the uh, the conspiracies yeah. and get at the heart of uh, corrupt power it's oh what what will verify all the bad things that I'm obsessed with that will verify my prejudices <laughs> that I already have, basically. Um, although, well, to be fair, there are a handful of people in that realm that are kind of turning on Trump. It hasn't been very forceful, but occasionally you do see one person coming up and saying, oh no, Trump sold us out. No, of course, it's always over something stupid that they get really obsessed with, like... Um, uh, what did he... I think it was something like... Um, oh, my God. Uh, Epstein! Sorry! Hmm. Epstein! Oh, okay, that was yeah, driving me nuts. Uh, uh, Jeffrey uh, Epstein is the... Who uh, <laughs> pled guilty and is a registered sex offender and actually yeah. did, like, the closest fucking shit to an actual pedophile ring there that involved major political leaders and is connected to, you know, major seats of power there. And also, yep. you know, fucking chairman of the Republican National Convention. And yet somehow this doesn't catch on. And that was like always what so, was so frustrating for me with like dealing mm -hmm. with these Mulder types there. It's like there's real stuff there. It's right yep. there. And you're just overlooking it to fucking just yep. roll around in the mud like a fucking filthy animal. Yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, I mean, it's always fascinating to me when you can occasionally see someone come into the conversation that everyone's having and they're all forming this narrative and agreeing with each other and oh yeah, yeah. And then someone comes in and goes, yeah, and Lucifer is getting ready to unleash the holy seals <laughs> on everyone. And, and everyone kind of gets quiet at that point. It's like, well, that's the one where it's like, you're messing up our perfect little conspiracy theory with your religious stuff. I okay. Don't know, man. To be fair, <laughs> yeah. that also was me. <laughs> when I was there, no, I was, uh, I was deeply religious there. I was never right-wing leaning, which led to the odd thing that I absolutely, that it, okay, when it's in the political context of, like, basically raised and being very devout, I really wanted to be a minister for the longest time up until college. Oh. 
of being Christian there and, like, seeing stuff like the conspiracies, it made sense. Yes, there's not, like, probably a literal uh, black-suited guy showing up on crosswords making deals, but of course the Satan, in the sense of, like, an elemental force of evil, would be influencing humanity towards an apocalyptic self-destruction. And it's like, of course this makes sense. Okay. But that was also part of the thing. It's like, why the fuck are you believing, like, charismatic people, especially when they're revealed to be awful things? Like, literally, one of Satan's titles is the father of lies. It's like, in the whole thing with the millennialist mythology that there's going to be an antichrist who will deceive believers and that, and yet you fall for every single charismatic corrupt creature. (laughs) (laughs) And it even, I mean, the Bible even literally says, oh yeah, there are multiple ones like this, right? Like they're antichrists. Like the actual thing, antichrist. Yes, which which is a whole thing means that, it literally means that there'll be people uh, contrary to Christ or Christ's message, and it uses it talks in the, in, in saying there will be antichrists and false prophets. So it's right. like it's like yeah, and, this and is. I mean, yeah, it's so obviously. Well, I mean, these guys have not. They, that's the thing. It's all these people who have not actually read the Bible. They just have someone powerful telling them yeah. what's in the Bible and what they're supposed to be believing. Uh, in church on Sunday or, you know, f- via their TVs or whatever. But that was you the know, thing. Yeah. Even knowing that, it's the thing. Okay, you're... It's like... Eh, I'm trying to phrase about the thing. It's like you're in the Antarctic base from The Thing. John Carpenter's <laughs> The Thing. So you know that there is a monster that can replace people. Can replicate right. them and perfectly imitate them. And you're all yes. prepared for that, and then fucking Wilfred Brimley comes up with you and says, Hey, I got a perfect plan, I can get us all out alive, but we're gonna need to all uh, split up and go our separate ways first. <laughs> and you fucking believe him because, yeah. well, I know Wilfred Brimley, I know that he can trust me, and he's saying that he has the plan there. It's like, what did- it's like, think for what one is- fucking second about what basically- mythos you're working yeah. under. It's like, what yeah. part of Father of Lies did you not comprehend? Yep. Um, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's, it, it really is down to they just want an authority figure that they can being tell. A, even, uh, being a that. leftist conspiracy, like someone into conspiracies and that sort of thing mm-hmm. is like the Invader Zim episode where Dib is <laughs> paired off with a paranormal researcher, but the guy is like completely believes absolute bullshit, like heavily right. investigates yeah. a crop circle that's just a cow rolling around in a field drunk. <laughs> oh my god! Right, and he's he's ignoring the alien that's standing right next. Right, to him. and the the, the the very clearly green yes, child. the very clearly green <laughs> child who's in that episode who has a contact fall off, showing his bug eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Oh, invaders! It's definitely very true that that is. uh, Oh my god, that's the way it seems to work. This is frustrations from a fucking decade and a half ago coming back out and venting. (laughs) That's quite all right. Get it out, Ing. Work it. Therapy. This is nice, uh, cheap therapy. Well, you know, it's always amazed to me that people don't 
become like communists <laughs> by a conspiracy theory because there is a whole element of that like it is literally no we've got a theory that explains all of human history and that uh tells you that the people in power and the elites have been controlling you using mm -hmm. these techniques it's all here in this book and then they're the biggest opponents of that group you can imagine right so let's like, follow it's... this other person who is like demanding <laughs> our loyalty and political fealty and all that and it's like what? Yeah. <laughs> like that that doesn't make sense <laughs> it doesn't make sense at all yeah it's just, it's, I mean, I, I, again, it's, it's a case of people. It's like reading, it's like, like Animal Farm, but being unfortunately stuck inside it. Right. While being able <laughs> to see it play out. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Don't trust the pigs. Well, that one pig is okay. The other one you can't trust. Uh, well, like I say, it's, you can, <laughs> the one called Napoleon, maybe you shouldn't be listening to. Um, um but, uh. <laughs> It's like I say, you, you go back to the just to go back uh, to the kinds of things that they are obsessing over. It'll be like, you know, oh, uh, tr a big one is <laughs> my favorite one uh, was somebody showed a picture of Trump in his inner cabinet and they were all giving the thumbs up and somebody had like linked all their their thumbs together and drawn a line to make a Q, and that proved that Q was an insider who was in that very room at that oh, moment. And geez. it's like, <laughs> you could draw any character you wanted. Let me remind you points. that this is the administration that sat in the fucking dark in the conference room for weeks because they couldn't yeah. figure out the dimmer lights. Oh my god, seriously? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, I actually feel cheated. We never got a follow up on whether they ever figured it out. But <laughs> well, uh, well, maybe somebody outside the administration figured it out and did it for them. Well, that was part of the <laughs> like issue or because remember that Trump's transition team was not aware that they had to fucking staff the White House on their own. <gasps> Oh, that's right, and they had to vet people properly, so right. they were going to, like, everyone can just vet themselves. Yeah, so literally nobody... <laughs> I remember that. So the White House was basically done with nobody Nobody knew where the bathroom or mail room was. Or yeah. apparently, you know, where the lights or utility closet or stuff are. And Oh my god. Right. Even, like, looking uh. back on it, I'm, like, kind of making a ballistic thing, like, how did we forget that? That's not. I'm sorry. Well, this be shouldn't fair. be. It's, it's because a week later something ridiculous happened. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. But I do remember. I do remember that being in the news. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to hide. I, I, I was... It's hard to hide fire unless you hide it with other fire. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> and then you can't distinguish. This is one fire, but we'll make another fire over here. <laughs> and once you get or, the fires the... close enough, you can't tell where one fire starts and the other ends. Exactly. Right. <laughs> or the thing where uh, we'll we'll hire, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we're overrun with lizards, so we'll uh, we'll get exotic pigeons to come in and eat the lizards. Uh, oh. But what'll get rid of the exotic uh, pigeons? Oh well, for that we're going to bring in uh, a team of uh, you know gorilla mountain gorillas that will eat the pigeons. Well, what will get rid of the mountain gorillas? Anyway, it was the oh. Simpsons episode where they kept uh, escalating the. Uh, 
the crazy uh that that is a common plot line in animated cartoons and I'm not entirely sure why. Um, <laughs> here's the thing because it's entirely from real life. Yeah, I know. And I know that's that's part of the, the reason why. The actual um, real one that I think it is most based off of is the introduction of cane toads to Australia. Right. Yeah. So as the story yeah. I know that there was something similar with mongooses as well. Yeah. yeah. So but as the That's right. Yeah, as the story Basically, as it happened, um, Australia had introduced sugarcane to do a sugarcane plot. There's the problem of insects and sugarcane beetles and that eating the sugarcane and being a pest plight. Obviously, controlling them's an issue. Back in the West Indies and stuff, where the sugarcane is indigenous, these, uh, the pests are eaten by toads that live amongst the cane fields. Cane toads. So, okay, they thought, let's introduce these toads here. The problem is, the cane toads are highly toxic, voraciously horny, and reproduce at an alarming rate. You mean they were horny toads? Yes. I'm sorry, go on. Will eat (laughs) anything they can fit in their very large mouths, so they decimate other populations, are highly toxic, so they have no indigenous predators in Australia, Mm. and the best part... Their life cycle does not sync up with the cane pests there, so they never fucking ate the insects they were supposed to. (laughs) Cane toads have increasingly become a biological disaster with attempts to stop their spread of migrating hordes going so far as Australia to mobilize military with flamethrowers to try to burn the migrating toads and failing. Jeez. Uh, John Oliver actually mentioned the cane toads in a recent segment where he showed a documentary about how one guy purposefully, like, veers on the road to try to crush as many as possible with his car. Because he just hates cane toads that much. Well, that was an issue, and I know rabbits had a similar thing in Australia, too. Rabbits actually turned grasslands into desert. Oh, jeez. Yeah, yeah. And I know that, yeah, I know that that's why Australia has now had very strict rules about <laughs> importing flora and fauna at this point because they they tried it and it kind of got out of control for yeah. quite a while. There. Due to us, yeah, because humans are dumb. <laughs> I don't know how to any other way to describe it besides that. Oh gosh. Oh, I'm also amazed that that was never actually cited in Jurassic Park, the novel, or the movies itself, since it's one of the best explanations for why you should not do the thing they were doing in the movie. (laughs) Right, yeah. And it also highlights, like, literally... It's it's possible that the writer just wasn't aware of it. I mean, that's true, but literally, it's the example that they literally tried to fight toads with (laughs) flamethrowers and failed to stop their migration because there were too many toads. Because life finds a way. Yes. Oh, jeez. Yeah. That is interesting. That's a good point. Yeah, that's the classic, uh, you know, ecological horror story. And they didn't that and like zebra. Oh god, we're just going into yeah. a bunch of stuff that's like in my background and pisses me off. <laughs> well, that's great. It's that's good fine. Stuff. Yeah, we've got all this. We're delving. We're plumbing the depths of uh, Ing's brain here with all these uh, obscure <laughs> knowledge, which I I don't know anything. I do, uh, like I say, that's why we do a show where we dig up stupid stuff on the web. Basically, Ing certainly knows more than I do. So. <laughs> 
Ing knows. I, well, I, I'm learning. He wanted to be a preacher, and he knows all about biology. So, and he knows about clown well, college. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that too. Well, I knew a little bit about his background as far as his schooling went, but I didn't know he wanted to be a minister at some point. Yeah, yeah like up until college. Up hmm. until college, and then somehow that changed. Were you <laughs> because were you the W to go years? To seminary? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, it, yeah. it basically changed well, because the W years and. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, and oh, okay, interesting. That actually does make a lot of sense. Like, if there's anything the, that are like, w. oh, what's the Lost of Faith story? It's like, well, kind of seeing that just, in terms of Christendom in general, that just no one cared. Well, and the, to see that the people who were running the place got a yeah. little bit <laughs> out of... They were, they were claiming to be Christians, and they were well, engaging in some pretty blatant. Well, I mean, also remember I was we I still was have that raised so. in a very inclusive uh kind of liberal church there and then I also realized hey you know there's actually some kind of bits of these like right-wing nationalist messages in the youth groups which aren't from the ch- not from the congregation I go to but from the greater church there and it's an odd mixed message and then mm. there's mm. the thing there that um W was of the same church. Oh. And, huh. Yeah. Uh, I would not have guessed that. Of, yeah. The uh, United Methodist Church, and that's the thing there. Well, it's like, well, what, you know, what's the point if apparently nobody gives a shit about, like, any of the spirituality because seemingly no, no one there actually cares, and that if we do such an absolute fucking failure in any sense of moral compass... That we can uh, produce like these absolute C Street right wing dominionist prosperity gospel monsters alongside the very hippy dippy love your neighbor church. There, it's like, well, the it's just the you know, why bother? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. fair enough. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean. I mean- well, the W years weren't good on anyone, let's no. be fair. Yeah. Like, but it was true. And I mean, you know, the funny thing is that, you know, not to not to make it, you know, <laughs> not to make it sound like there's anything positive about uh, the current situation. But I mean, the one thing you can maybe say is, you know, we're not getting into the, oh, well, everyone who doesn't like Trump is clearly against God. Like the people who are like that are you know, at the kind of weirdos that we were talking about, the really fringe weirdos. Yeah, um, but they're obviously in, they're in power, and I mean, you say they don't say that, but that is, like, the message on, like, the Fox News, and, like, not, like, the local right. news affiliates, but with, like, uh, Ben Shapiro or they're, Sean they're, Hannity or sure. whatever fucking half-piglet yeah. homunculus they want to bring up. Oh, yeah, there's, <laughs> there, there's definitely... There are the people who are like that. It's just, yeah. it's not the major voice right now, well, thankfully. I, yeah, I want to qualify that, obviously. But there are, as we know, evangelicals will not... Uh, they, they cling to Trump, uh, as we've heard. And we keep saying, and, you know, people keep saying, why on earth are the evangelicals uh, supporting Trump when he's doing all these very obviously ungodly things? And as we've seen, uh, you know, as you were saying, they don't care as long as they get... Yeah, you know, they they care about one or two things, and that's their uh, that's and, their. And even then, they don't really they really don't because that that's what it became clear when like actually trying to argue anything from like theology or philosophy with like 
right-wing people in the church there, it's like, it, it doesn't matter. Like, mm. nothing is... Yeah, well, that's what I say. They, they, like, they care about a few things like, oh, they want to overturn Roe versus Wade or whatever, and they yeah. don't care how they do it. You know, even if yeah. they lead to elect Satan to do it, they'll do it. You know, that's what I mean when I say right. they, yeah. they care yeah. about a few things. So, I mean, that's, I mean, at least that's a... I guess that's a moral principle, but it's not like worth burning down everything else to get there. Um, if there's a maybe note of hope, uh, I would say I feel like I've seen a more of a groundswell of religious people on the left uh, in a way there wasn't in the past decade or two. Like up till then, it was always if you're religious, well, you're expected to be against uh, evolution and you're expected to want Roe versus Wade overturned and you're expected to want blah, 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 blah. And I feel like we are starting to see more people who are religious speaking up loudly in defense of, like, more left values. Maybe we wouldn't agree with, like, that is to say, you and I and them would not agree with everything uh, But that they say, but at least they're not going, you know, they're not hitting the dominionist rod so hard. And the, and, and the, the dominionist fascist types that you're describing are out there. Uh, but they just don't feel as loud as they were during the Bush years. Like, that felt like that was the real go-to in the Bush years. Oh, yeah, we've got a a man of God. He's all Christian, and he's a real religious guy, and he's, in, he's, he's the president of the United States, and we're in God's hands, and it's great. You know, they still support the guy. <laughs> they support Trump, but it feels like they're quiet about it. They're almost embarrassed about it, <laughs> you know? But maybe that's my imagination. I'm not claiming to be plugged into every single, you know, well, that's out there. But it has a lot to do with the fact that Trump fits their their. Let's be perfectly real about this white privilege power narrative a lot better oh. than anybody right. has previously. Sure. Um, so and they haven't had that for a while, and and yeah. we could probably talk about how. Technically, yes, the presence the presence of Obama kind of spurred that on, and it mostly right. made a lot of white people feel like crap because yeah, because whenever anybody who isn't white is in a position of power, that makes all the white people feel like crap. So, yeah, uh, um, yeah that's yeah, that's obviously that's that's linked to it. It's just it was interesting before Obama is that it there it, it had a different character, I'd say. Um, it was more openly like, yes, we're religious, we're from God, uh, how can you question us, we're from God, there's this, there was this, we have God on our side, and they still believe that, but they don't yell at us loudly as they used to, and <laughs> I think, you know... I mean, they, but they, they do! do say, Jeff Sessions is fucking defending, you know, his child camps with, well, here's yeah. the Bible, and well, it's like, you know. And it's yeah. just sort of like, that's not the right part of the Bible you're supposed to be looking at. Well, that's, you know, what's funny with Jeff Sessions, because as somebody pointed out, with, with that whole thing, it was, uh, this is a, not a policy we have, except it is a policy we have, but it was Obama's fault, uh, except it's also uh, uh, authorized by the Bible, uh, so it's right for us to do that. Uh, except also we're going to be undoing it. So it's kind of, like, it, it doesn't have the authority. Can someone just <laughs> fucking yeah. guess his real and, name so we can send racist Stilskin back to the eighth dimension? 
<laughs> Never mind the fact that even during the Obama administration, it was for kids who had come here on their own. They weren't with parents. The main point of all of this is the fact that you are taking kids away from their parents, and now we yeah. can probably never find their parents ever again. Yeah. And th- that's that's oh, really the main I'm- thing that people are missing. It's like, I don't... I mean, it is important that, yes, these camps have existed prior to Trump, but the way they're being utilized by Trump to separate families that are just trying to find a better life is what's actually wrong. And I hate to fucking gang up on you, Adam, but the yeah, children yeah. are largely being, and there's no way I can like say this nicely, but sold yeah. to Christian adoption agencies. Right. So that yeah. They, yeah, and uh... evangelical Christian agencies tied to the DeVoe and Prince family, who are, of course, Betsy DeVoe, that absolute fucking yeah. wingnut who is dismantling our education system, and Eric Prince, sure. literal fucking horseman of the apocalypse of war, who believes yeah. he's waging a crusade against Islam and fucking hunts humans for sport. Yeah. Which is a which I'm sorry to circle yes. back around the issue so I get off my soapbox and this doesn't just become politics no. that none of it we could actually use is an actual <laughs> fucking real conspiracy that exists. There is a legitimate yeah. corrupt mercenary organization. Yeah. But yeah. you know, yeah, just Absolutely. pick your nose till you hit brain, you fucking gauntless twits. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, basically, and I sorry, I just want to be clear here. I I'm a, I, I when I'm saying Ugh. all this stuff, it's just a turn in terms of the character. I know the right. wingnuts are still busily working away. Like I say, it's just they're a little more behind the scenes now than they were in the Bush era. It was like they would literally they were up in use front the and center. Yeah. Well, they yeah they'd use the Bible to like justify. And I mean, again, yeah, yes, Sessions did that, but they just openly say, "Oh, we're on a mission from God. Uh, we're a Christian country. You got to do what we say because we're Christian." Now it's kind of like that's out there, but it's sort of mutter, 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 and then they go and do all that stuff anyway. But they don't they don't slam their Bible as hard to justify things. Uh, or they, they do, but they'll they'll throw out that among five other things that they're using to justify what they're doing. Basically, they don't they don't have as clear a message, I guess. <laughs> I know I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to cut anyone any slack here. I'm just saying yeah. that uh, you know I think that they had uh, they they had a playbook, a religious playbook in the Bush years, and the Trump playbook is whatever we can get to. St- the Trump playbook is just confuse inveigle and obfuscate yeah it's like as we said said that hey you can't you you know you can't tell that there's any that there's multiple fires if we all just merge them into one fire (laughs) exactly (laughs) we'll set yeah and then at that point it's just one big fire so what can you do yeah that's like oh well you know we can't (laughs) fix it this fire's always been here (laughs) this fire's part of our heritage yeah, let's not blame each other about. Let's not argue about who set the fire. That's in the past now. The important yeah. thing is that let's we have to move on to the next fire. Let's not about who did what or who killed who. <laughs> we can argue about who set fire to who all day. Who forgot to pick up who till the cows came home? Anyway. Uh-huh. Um. Anyway, so <laughs> I, I said that just let's... entirely because I'm sure there's some people who. Uh, may listen who absolutely hate it when people quote Monty Python so that's just me intentionally trolling them that's fine (laughs) at this point Monty Python is (laughs) 
the the thing that we use to uh, I I, th I think Simpsons has replaced Monty Python as the thing everyone uses to to show that they're a, a fellow nerd. It's the nerd call sign that you use. Yeah. Um, but anyway, let's lift the mood and move on to uh, something else. Uh, okay. There, um, what do we have? It's a little more than lighthearted. Oh, should we do my politics? Should we do my yes. special thing? Yeah, sure. let's do your yes, special absolutely. thing. Okay, uh, let me see. Where did I put that? Do, 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 do. And I'm saying here, so basically, I came across this Tumblr post that is wonderful, and I want to do oh, a geez. new thing. I reached out to the original author, who is Evie Nix at Tumblr.com, E-E-V-E-E -E -E, uh, dash okay. N-I-C-K-S. And okay. I Can you want put the link in the yeah in I'll the put the link in there and I want to basically read aloud the OP and basically see if you guys can guess what this is about with the discussion. Okay. okay, sure. Okay, now no questions until the end. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yes, sir. This is from fanfic account Evie Nix. I think Princess Zelda lost her pregnancy. Or else she gave birth and killed the babies, which is particularly sad because Samus is the one who impregnated her. At any rate, she isn't pregnant anymore. To recap for anyone who missed it, Samus was found dead behind the castle a couple of weeks ago. Link died not long after that, so it's just been Zelda, Bayonetta, and Pikachu chilling out with some snails. Of course, none of those... Of Keep course, going. none of those three can impregnate each other, so no one is pregnant or coupled off right now. Pikachu's babies are growing well. There are six still living. There were seven, but one escaped and Bayonetta ate it. Because, of course, these updates always have to involve someone eating someone else. Sigh. What? Oh my god. I mean, is, is, it, is that it? Yep, that's it. Thoughts? Comments? So anyone would want to take a guess I mean, in the context? I... Yeah, and then there's people responding to it. Okay. Um, no I know peaking. that this is Smash fan fiction because it has to be Smash fan fiction. <laughs> Smash? Is it? Is it that Kingdom Hearts thing that everyone's obsessed about? No, Smash Brothers. <laughs> what we talked about last oh, week with Halloween. Because these are all playable characters in Smash Brothers, so people like to imagine that they all live like in one house together or something like that. I see, and I don't... <laughs> as always, my ignorance of video games is coming into factor. You, you said there were some snails? Yes, um... Let's see. Yeah, I'm not sure about the snails. To recap for anyone who missed it, Samus was found dead behind the castle a couple of weeks ago. Link died not long after, so it's just been Zelda, Bayonetta, and Pikachu chilling out with some snails. Why? Why are there snails involved in this? That's the part that I don't understand. Uh, I don't know. Um, I, I, once again, I, I understand that this is Smash fan fiction, but aside from that, I, I don't know anything else. Adam, you want to take any guess? No, okay, so there's more? <laughs> I no, know, okay, I so... No, lost. there is no more. Should I reveal the context? Okay. This is an update on their aquarium. Oh, okay, I get it, I get it. Oh, all right. They're all fish. They're all fish. Okay. Well, that but makes it's it still wonderful, and literally they posted it up, and this briefly 
exploded from just people going, what the fuck? <laughs> of not getting the context they were talking about their aquarium. Because the, note that this is also a fanfiction account. <laughs> well, that that doesn't that does seem like on par with some of the fan fiction I've yeah. heard. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not out of out of the realm of possibility that somebody wrote this fan fiction that involves war and pregnancy and Samus getting <laughs> Zelda pregnant. Like, <laughs> like I know people ship that. Yeah, people have to ship that. <laughs> That's great, though. That My favorite part of it That's is that awesome. it's seemingly like, uh, um, <laughs> like it gets dark that Zelda lost her pregnancy, or she had the babies and killed them. <laughs> it's like, well, that's not without it there. Samus was found dead behind the castle, and Link died not soon after. It's like, okay, I guess I get it. So they're chilling out with snails. Okay, you've completely lost me. Also, I mean, like, again, I'm thinking Smash Brothers, so I'm wondering, is there a weird detail on one of these maps that they're just random snails on them? Also, Pikachu's uh, Bayonetta ate one of Pikachu's babies. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! (laughs) <laughs> See, I know nothing about Bayonetta, so for all I knew, that was perfectly in character for me uh, to start eating people. Like, here's the thing: it's, it's not so out of character for for that to be. <laughs> I, yeah, like she's technically a witch, so eating other people's babies is 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 not that far out feed, there, according she, to certain lore. She feeds people and angels to demons. That's like actually her thing. Yeah. <laughs> So Bayonetta, more like Baba Yaga. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> so it's <Kind> like <laughs> So honestly where I think that this gets funny is that the rest of explaining its joke is that the fucking snails are the part that most break <laughs> 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 the illusion are the biggest hit that this isn't a fanfic. <laughs> yeah. It shouldn't be, well, but know, that's the part it... that stands out as the most <laughs> That's the thing that doesn't belong. Well, and you know, it's funny because it's not so far out not of the Not the pregnancy, of... not the eating of the babies. Oh, yeah. Or killing of the babies. Not that it's apparently not so there's a far... fucking true detective thing with Samus found, you know, dead behind the castle, Laura Palmer style and Lake Fong. Yeah, I thought that was like the setup for the story. But, you know, it's funny though, it's not Don't so the far coffee, out of the realm of possibility. There's a fish in the percolator. Oh god. There are snails. Oh. She's dead, wrapped in Also, if it I exists, mean I don't know if this is like it made, but this is still hilarious. Yeah. Yes. If someone well, sort of. if it exists, somebody please direct me if there's any Twin Peaks slash Smash Brothers crossfix because <laughs> there, has there has to be, to be. There has to be. It's probably not very good, unfortunately, but there has to be. So, (laughs) thank you, uh, Tumblr user EVNix at EVNix, uh, E-E-V-E-E, dash N-I-C-K-S, I'm sorry, hyphen N-I-C-K-S dot Tumblr dot com for allowing me to read the stuff out loud, and I have to send them a link when we post the podcast. But they were very nice and got back to me in a short amount of time, letting me read it aloud on the podcast. Uh, 
I might just follow them just so that yeah. I could continue to read their their fish. I'm, fish, I'm invested in the fish one. now. <laughs> there's another one which 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 involves a Ridley, so <laughs> and a T'Challa. Oh God! <laughs> I feel like Ridley appropriately should be the one eating Samus's children. But no, that's that's not it. That that's not why. Uh, we- <laughs> yeah, one, we're invested yeah. now. I, I the... feel like I have to follow this person just is... for their their um their aquarium updates. Yeah, the other thing is, despite me saying the obvious title is "It's Hard to Hide Fire," I think the title might actually be "Samus Was Found Dead Behind the Castle." <laughs> <laughs> and you know who was behind it? The the Freemasons. Anyway. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely the Freemasons. <laughs> The snake people. And Pikachu's <laughs> baby formed into a queue. <laughs> giving the fins up. There are other fish named Ridley and T'Challa, so this is uh, a very interesting oh, well, that, fish tank. T'Challa breaks the... Uh, until they make a Black Panther video game, that's breaking the video game theme yeah. that they had going yeah. on there. Yeah, so... Unfortunately, no and T'Challa's probably not going to be in Smash Brothers either. Unfortunately. <laughs> Well, it's just the someone's fervid uh, fanfic imagination, basically, with all the oh. with where all the characters hang out. Yep. Actually, yeah, that's explicitly. Yeah. So the actual lore behind Smash Brothers is that it literally is uh, <laughs> toys of the Nintendo A characters that have come to life. Okay. So oh, really? that's not okay. yeah. So that's out. Actually, not really that far off from it being a fish. Yeah. There's like an opening cutscene in the original Smash Brothers where you see a kid's bedroom and you see toys that are of the characters. Hmm. So it's so there's a certain amount of realism to that. That yes, Smash Brothers was literally created to settle schoolyard squabbles <laughs> between people <laughs> over would character A be Who character B, and the answer is maybe depending on who's controlling them. Yes. So the answer is you decide. Yeah, pretty much. That is the this appeal. is a screw attack. The well, answer is I, I everyone mean, beats Waluigi. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Are we go- so are we going to do the state of Waluigi for the week, then? Is that the, uh, the segue there? Look, I have something well... up, so I very much could make this a reoccurring segment. <laughs> <laughs> well, you mentioned you had some information on Waluigi to give us, or you had a new All right. Waluigi related I actually have a Waluigi, and this is sort of a clickbait thing. Okay, terrific. Bu- so right. this will That's be a- what the show's about. So fuck it, this will be a reoccurring segment now, the state of Waluigi. <laughs> state of Waluigi. <laughs> from Waluigi yeah. News Update from BuzzFeed.com. Written by Rachel Krishna. Charles Matinet had a very sweet response when asked if Waluigi is gay. Uh, Charles Matinet is the voice actor for... Is a voice actor who does uh, many of the characters in the Mario series, including Waluigi. Okay. And, uh... Yeah, he he does both sets of brothers, basically. Yeah, and he's gotten good response from working with the fanfic there because he's also a fan of Waluigi and has fleshed out the character a lot. So of course okay. that he's uh, fans there. Um, let's see. His refers when f- his response when first asked about Waluigi was, and I quote, Wah? <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, and it was asked whether, uh, and, uh, previously he was when asked if Waluigi was Wario's brother, he stated that in his mind, they weren't brothers, just two nice evil guys who found each other. Yep. <laughs> so then, yes. obviously the follow-up there is that, are they gay? And I believe he said, <laughs> and, um, let me look what his actual response was. He didn't give a direct one. Ba, 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 ba. Ah, he said he never thought about it. But if they are a couple, then they are clearly living a very happy life. Aww. <laughs> very nice. So that's so that's, that's the state of Waluigi. That's the state maybe of Waluigi. Gay. Is Waluigi gay? <laughs> Answer. Maybe, if you want him to be in your heart, him and Wario are a couple. Uh, well, didn't you say the other day that the creator of uh, Mario just hates Waluigi and yeah. doesn't want him to be part of the the system at all, to be part of the series at all? Yeah. He wasn't invented for the mainline games, he's invented for all... Well, he was initially invented yeah, yeah. for Mario Tennis, for tennis because yeah. Wario needed a doubles partner, so he just shows up in all of the weird random games and none of the main right. series games. Right. Um, so, the, the people at Nintendo are just really weird when it comes to their games sometimes, like... Like, Sakurai hates Smash. Like, he just does. Sakurai is the main person who makes Smash. Um, he's the reason why Kirby's in it, because he's a, the original creator of Kirby. Mm -hmm. um, and so he hates the fact that Smash is uh, on the tournament circuit. Like, he, he deliberately makes it so that every single game isn't tournament ready <laughs> okay. or tournament capable, but people find ways around it anyway. So... Oh. I'm not surprised that he would not include Waluigi, and he's yeah. mostly including Ridley as, like, a weird peace offering, because Ridley's the other character that everybody's been asking for. So, <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Well, it's, uh, I mean, <laughs> so how does he feel about Waluigi's being gay or not, is my question. <laughs> um, I do know that Miyamoto has tweeted about not drawing Mario and Luigi kissing, because they are actually brothers, so he has asked people to not do that. Right. I don't think he'd care about Wario and Waluigi if people did that. But it Fair has enough. actually but... been confirmed in some of the Smash things and the later stuff that Wario and Waluigi are not brothers. Yes. Right. Like, literally <laughs> one of the, uh, like, background infos on Waluigi from one of the Smash games says that, Nint says that like, Nintendo talking to the player that they're not sure who Waluigi is or his relationship to Wario, whether they're cousins <laughs> or just close friends. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so we've cracked that nut, have we? We figured out... Yeah. Also, <laughs> um, there's... There's a website with random Waluigi trivia on it, and one of them does state that Wario did put Waluigi on a rack to make him stop... Tall and skinny. <laughs> right, you were talking about that the other day. The other day. Yeah, yeah, so that that is a thing. That yeah. that that is a thing. So also, at some point, while Luigi was not tall and skinny. Well, specifically, it was to make him taller. Yes. <laughs> um, also, it's worth saying that if anyone's interested in Waluigi, and you really shouldn't be, because we should be talking about this so much. Uh, <laughs> That's okay. 
the YouTube uh, channel person Jim Sterling has done an episode basically explaining why people love uh, Waluigi that you can find on to his be fair, YouTube channel. Multiple people actually have. Did you know gaming came out with a Waluigi episode last week? And DJ Wits did an episode on Waluigi like two years ago. Yeah. So. <laughs> so we're really ahead of the curve here with our Waluigi. Right, but that video segments. covers what we were talking about, I think, nice and yeah. succinctly, how it went from a character that everyone legitimately hated to as they fleshed the character more out, basically in response to that hate and using it. Yeah, that well, people I, then see, started always, to genuinely like the character. I'm yeah. fascinated by that exact tendency. I was just tweeting about this, and I got you saw that. Ing. I was tweeting about this for Jar Jar. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and and I was saying that I think the time is right for them to bring back Jar Jar in the Star Wars movies or something. Apparently, he was in one of the animated shows. I don't know much about that. There was uh, in but, the clone. And I don't, I, Sorry, yeah, he's been in Clone Wars, but his episodes generally aren't the more interesting ones. And so, legi- okay. and there have legitimately been good Jar Jar episodes in the Clone Wars thing. Right. Well, that seems. I mean, he seems like a good fit with an animated TV show. Yeah. And those are all set sort of be- between the prequels, right? The Clone War. Yeah. Show? Yeah. 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 It's in so between I'm... the 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 second and. Third movie, I think. Right. Yeah. yeah one, that would make sense. one of the ones that I legit like basically has the thing that Jar Jar, who I is a senator at this point, is doing something for the war effort, and through shenanigans winds up wearing a hooded cloak and everything, and has the situation yeah. where everyone mistakes him for a Jedi, and the shenanigans he gets up to and random circumstances keep conspiring to make it look like he's a very powerful Jedi. Yeah, that yeah. is one of the better episodes. And, well, you know, <laughs> yeah, and has you know, him bumbling and bluffing his way to success. Yes. Yep. Well, remember the whole theory about Han is Force-sensitive because yeah. he keeps getting lucky and things. It's far more true of Jar Jar, if you ask me, <laughs> that he's the one who keeps literally like tripping over things and like causing the enemy army to collapse and so on well, and so forth. Do you, I'm sure you guys know about Jar Jar's is, is a Sith Lord theory, yeah, right? But I... Uh, vaguely? Yeah. I don't like it, obviously. Yeah, like, that was apparently or potentially what the original Phantom, quote-unquote, Phantom Menace was, is the fact that Jar Jar is a... Sith Lord and is secretly manipulating everybody, or at least some people. <laughs> um, specifically, I think Anakin and Padme because they're probably the most susceptible to it during the first movie, and then because the backlash against Jar Jar was so bad that caused Lucas to rewrite Jar Jar's role, which is why he's not as prevalent in the following films as a result. Okay. Um, I mean, it's I bullshit. Let, let's be honest. Yeah. It's bullshit, and I really hope it was never made as an actual argument. Because it is... There's no way... It's up there with the Rugrats are aborted I mean, the only thing that... Yeah, the only thing that kind of gives it a little bit of credence is the fact that the actor who portrayed Jar Jar did insinuate that things were rewritten halfway through. Oh, well, um, that, there's n- it's very clear that they took Jar Jar out of the later yeah. movies because he was so bad. Like, that that I have no trouble accepting at right. all. Right. I just, yeah. I di- there's no 
like people were expecting some twists in the prequels, and there were that's what, what not that everything has to be twists, but one of the big problems with the prequels is that it's all just stuff you basically already know watching yeah. it unfold, and you you were expecting some kind of twist. A lot of people thought at some point we'd get um uh <laughs> um Obi Wan having a love having a love affair with Padme, and that was yes. going to drive him over the the edge. Like that actually kind of makes sense. Basically, it's not well. It it makes more sense than the actual plot that they used. Right. I mean, there's <laughs> just nothing else in there that's even remotely surprising or twisty and stuff like that. Which makes it very hard to believe that Lucas was sitting on this big elab. That's that is kind of a brilliant twist to have a comedic character who turns out to be the secret mastermind behind everything. But it doesn't even really make any sense because we already know Palpatine is the secret mastermind behind everything. So why do you need Jar Jar in yeah. there too? You know what I mean? Well, I think the idea was that they were supposed to be working in tandem with each other. That was yeah. the, really the main thing, um, and. Well, yeah, uh, there's a lot of stretching in order for the theory to work, and it has a lot to do with weird animation tricks and stuff like that. So, yeah. Okay, what do you mean by weird animation tricks? Specifically, the way they animate Jar Jar in certain scenes, but not in others, and it's just sort of like it, that could very well be because more than one person probably animated Jar Jar, and one person well, yeah. decided to animate him with his lip smacking and the other one didn't. That's oh. probably it. Or even yeah. more than one studio might have been involved in certain scenes. Exactly. Yeah. So Absolutely. so who knows what kind of consistency there is at all with yeah. these films. Uh, speaking uh, of Jar Jar, yeah. did we want to talk about like the the uh, elephant in the room with regard to the character and bring this back down again? Oh, What's yeah, that? The, the recent news about Ahmed Best. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that yeah. Uh, he he wanted to, yeah. well, he wanted to he commit suicide because, and thought about con- committing suicide because he the didn't. backlash was, he didn't, obviously. He's, He's alive and, well, apparently doing okay. I feel like that guy needs to, I, I've got to con- confess, like, almost immediately after The Phantom Menace, like, well, not maybe immediately, but a year or two after Phantom Menace, as the Star Wars prequels proceeded and they were really bad, and I, I did really, I was feeling really bad for everyone who was involved in those movies, and just thinking like, you know, it's just so, so such a shame. These guys get to be, and it's true of Jake Lloyd as well. Oh know? yeah, and he, definitely and, true of Jake Lloyd. And um, um, what's his name? Anna, uh, older Anakin, um, whose name? Hayden Christensen. Hayden Christensen. It's like they're all, you know, they got a chance to be in Star Wars. They're doing this big, uh, you know, it's this really cool thing that's happening. Uh, you know, by any means, it should have been a stepping stone to great things for them. And then that happened. And I mean, as bad as the movie was, it wasn't their fault. And it's no. kind of depressed. And I, I always see that and I'm like, I wish these people would have another chance. Like, yeah, I don't know if Emmett Best has been in anything post Star Wars and or if he even wants to be in anything. Maybe he's quit Hollywood. I don't know. Uh, I haven't it's, actually... it's possible that he's just simply gone into theater, which is quite likely. Yeah. Um, it's a little it's not his big profile and, and that sort of thing. And uh a fair few Hollywood people go to theater when they want to do something that's still related to their mm. profession, but not necessarily quite as high profile. Mm. Um, Wasn't he a dancer too? Am I mistaken? Am I? I think that's that? the reason why he was cast to be Jar Jar yeah. initially, right. because uh, just because if you're a dancer, you know how to move your body in different ways, or right. in in ways that are that 
normal yeah, yeah. people who don't have a dance background wouldn't be able to even think about doing necessarily. Yeah, dancers right. so. yeah. and like uh, dancers and mime artists are very common right. ones yeah. for the bodywork of creatures. Right. Yes, we've seen all that in Star Wars a lot. David Prowse as well, and, and Peter Mayhew, Doug and, Jones uh, doing a ton of creature work and. Till he's suddenly the romantic lead in an Oscar-winning movie. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, you never know. Because I know Hayden, Hayden Christensen basically didn't do anything after Star Wars. And Jake Lloyd, I think, fell off the face of the earth and probably yeah. is just living a very normal life now. Well, um, he it sounds like he had a real rough time of it, too, because everyone hated him after Phantom Menace. Okay, um, but... Yeah, Here's the thing, and it's also just kind of like I've only I've only seen Phantom Menace in full. I haven't seen the other two movies in full, so I can't say for sure. But my memories of the Phantom Menace wasn't that it was bad; it just wasn't very good either. It, it's, it's it's the best it's medi- prequel. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just kind of mediocre. It just sort of kind of skirts that line of being enjoyable. Like there well, are parts of it which are nice, but as a it, whole, it's, yeah, it's not the Star Wars movie I would ever come back to and wanting to watch it over yeah. and over again. It's, it's the one where Lucas was still kind of engaged because it was what he wanted to do and set out this whole... Like, he didn't really care about the backstory of Darth Vader, I don't think. Uh, I think he had this whole crazy idea of what he wanted to do, and it was... That's why he brings in all these new characters and all this new stuff, and it's not really about anything to do with the history of Star Wars. And people were sort of assuming, well, this will explain how the Republic was founded and whence came the Jedi and all this stuff. And obviously it doesn't explain any of those things. It doesn't um, go far back enough to explain any of right, those things. Right, exactly. And which is actually a fight they apparently had in the Return of the Jedi era, they said, um, was who was the producer of Gary Kurtz. He said, yeah, that's what you got to do. The prequel should be about the origins of the Jedi. They should be like a thousand years before because there's no need to tell the story of Darth Vader because we already know all the basic beats of what happened to Darth Vader. Um, right. <laughs> and um, and so, he wasn't and wrong. No, exactly. No. I think that I think he really knew what he was talking about, Kurtz, and there's a reason that you know there was a bit of a drop-off in quality after Empire Strikes Back because that's when Gary Kurtz left and... Uh, and uh, different things started happening because Gary Kurtz was the experienced uh, producer uh, and Lucas was, remember, not that experienced when he made Star Wars. He'd only done a couple movies and uh, he was a young kid out of uh, whatever it was, Caltech or whatever. Um, But um, anyway, yeah. Oh, doing the CalArt style, I say. (laughs) (laughs) Not CalArts. CalArts is the animation school. Caltech is the... Uh, film, uh, maybe I'm wrong about that. I thought that was how it worked, but well, look, like I wasn't uh, going to, like I wasn't going to do a chance to do the uh, art school inside baseball mocking of that. Yeah, I oh, know, geez. I know. We all hate the Cal Art style. We went, we, we're starting, we're starting to repeat ourselves, and so we all have our uh, our uh, hangups here, where we keep going back into and inside baseball animation stuff. Well, no, I. But yeah. um, the explanation yeah. anyway. for the joke is I'm mocking the the criticizing the Cal Art style with something John Kay, mm-hmm. the recently disgraced uh, animator who was highly revered for a long time, uh, right. Yep would do and it be and it and there's thankfully been more of a backlash against that because yeah. it's been pointed out that this is just him uh slagging on anyone who d- he doesn't like and classifying right. it as the cal art style uh-huh. and being a pr- interesting and being Which a prick a- about it but now the what say the q-tip or whatever you call them crowd picked up on that because they don't like Q-tip. 
uh, because, well, recently specifically, they got pissed off that the, uh, like, a fucking uh, Thundercats revival used a different right. animation style more. In- like, it's it's the style that's used for, well, what, Gumball? Yeah. I don't remember the name of the show. Um, but it's, 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 it's a... It's a highly graphic, very, very cartoony style yeah. well, that 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 the original Thundercats was not drawn in, and that the last reboot of Thundercats was also not drawn in. So right. well, people rallied was, against it. And what, it's what's ridiculous like, to me is that they—it's not even the same. Like, it's not a consistent style. It's whatever they don't like, they call yes. the CalArt style. And it's yeah. kind of what what's popular right now. Uh, because when John Chris Felucci was complaining about it, at least Chris Felucci had an idea of what he was complaining about, I think. And I think less, it wasn't him. Which, was, was which is statutory laws. Um. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a whole other thing with him. I always thought he was a prick even before that came out. But oh, yeah, yeah because, um, I listened to, he, because I listened to Billy West interviews. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was there was, uh, but yeah, he 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 has this very clear idea of oh, there's only one good way to do animation. And I, didn't we have a whole discussion about this already? I, I, <laughs> no, I think we've I, talked we've talked about animation, but it not in this context necessarily because I don't think oh, okay. we talked about the kerfuffle that happened because of the the Thundercats reboot, yeah. and then a week later, Butch Hartman decides to tell people to not draw anime anymore and to do other styles, and it's like. You draw in one style, dude. Mm. And anything that looks remotely different in any of your shows is because of Steven Silverman. So you need to stop. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, he did piss on a bit of a third rail there because it's also pointing out anime isn't actually... A style. A style. I, like, you get what he means by the conventional thing, but in the other... But in, like, the other sense of it, it's like, well, no, even within the anime style, there's a high variety. Like, there's a huge difference between uh, 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 Gigi Ikutero and Akira, or Bubblegum Crisis, yeah. or Rama, or uh, Lupin the Third, or... Or, like... or um... Fucking, um... Is uh, uh, it Crayon Shinji, or... Mm-hmm. I don't know okay. which one you're, I, I'm drawing, you're referencing. I'm drawing right. a, mind, a, a blank, but there's one that's uh, a comedy about, like, a young uh, child, and it's drawn in, like, the style of, like, uh, how a young child... Oh, Shin-Chan. Shin-Chan, thank you. Yeah, cr- <laughs> Shin-Chan. Crayon Shin-Chan, yes. 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 This conversation got too nerdy for me about... Uh, five minutes back, so I don't know. That's okay, You're don't worry about it. You're um, literally the guy who went to school for animation! This cannot be out of your hu- <laughs> your real house. Well, I was always... It's weird because I was never that into anime. That was actually something that... Um, I, I don't have anything against anime, it's just it was not... Uh, what appealed to me as much, and I, but I do no, I, I definitely agree. Like, there's clearly different styles within anime uh, that you can detect, and it's it's not a, a genre either. Well, I guess there's a bit of a debate over whether it's a genre, but it's it, not it, it, it depends. It depends on how hard and fast you hold to it that anime is anything that comes out of Japan, and it depends right. in what context that, you're using the term. Like, yeah. I forget what the actual linguistic term is, but you know how non just means bread? Right. Yeah. But in 
a context of an English speaker at a supermarket, it means a specific style of bread. Because yes. there's no actual word for that style of bread, but saying, right. oh, the foreign word for bread means bread from that region, and that's the sort of right. bread I want. There's right. a thing or like... salsa. Right. Where salsa <laughs> just means sauce, I think. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But but when you say it when you're a Westerner, when you're a, yeah, an you, English speaker speaking salsa, you mean yeah. Mexican sauce, basically, right. specifically. Yeah, right. you're you're not talking about tomato sauce for your spaghetti. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, like... Because yeah. that's something different. <laughs> yeah, speaking of which, that's one of the things that drives me nuts when I see Tumblr people bitching about people, about like, oh, white people just using our terms for that. There, it's like, no, that's an actual linguistic thing, of yeah. borrowing mm-hmm. a word for another culture that means something. In it, general, it also doesn't help that anime is also technically a French word first. Yeah, like the Japanese stole it from the French to begin with. Yeah, but so. but there, it's an actual linguistic thing to where you borrow the generic term of of a new of a thing that is basically imported into your culture, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. even though it doesn't mean that in the broader one that you're uh, reusing the word. Right. right. Yeah. And it's, it's, um, yeah, a, a number of brands have done that too. Like Kleenex right. used to be a specific, uh, 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 and I think, um, Ziploc. Band-Aid. Oh, Velcro, that was another one. Those Vel- all br- Velcro's weird. Velcro's yeah, still all copyrighted. They became, yeah. Yeah. Is it, uh, is it copyrighted? Yeah. It's trademarked, which is why they don't want you to call non-Velcro brand Velcro Velcro. Right. Yeah. But linguistically, we call it Velcro. Like, right. We, yes. don't, we don't make a distinction just like, between... Just like Band-Aids are bandages, but we right. call them Band-Aids because of the brand, even right. when they're exactly. not Band-Aid brand. But right. also, similarly, <laughs> in Japan, any animated thing is anime, because that's right. the word for animated thing, and actually, right. Western, Except... Western comics are Western manga, because it just means right. comic. Right. But when well, you use it, manga in America, you mean specifically uh, something like typically uh, done in black and white, printed in originally in digest form, and using the right, right. to left binding. Right, and usually and, copying the style. As, and as generally speaking, came from Japan yeah. because right. we do call comics that came from Korea manhwa. Yes, because that's the term yeah. they use for right. their comics. Oh, okay. Well, now so. I'm, I'm interested in you said anime, but isn't anime the French word for Japanese animation? <laughs> am I, no. Am I not wrong about that? No. No. Because thought... a cartoon drawing in French is called dessin de anime. Yeah. So. But I'm anime about, is a French word. Right, but I thought anime was a French... Yeah, exactly, that the French came up with to describe Japanese animation, specifically. No. But but don't, what... So, but, like, do Japan, Japanese people call it anime? Yes. that's not really a Japanese-sounding w- word. Japanese like to steal words from a lot of other languages and just oh, use true, them yeah. as they as they like. Like the word Yankee! <laughs> <laughs> Has a totally different context in the United States than it does in in Japan. Okay, <laughs> even um, though it kind of makes sense the way they use it. So, right. according to Google, it says yes. that the origin of the word anime comes originally from English animation, which right. is then in the Japanese pronunciation animation, which is then right. shortened to anime. 
Oh, mm, okay. That's, that's interesting because I remember specifically learning French terms that use anime. Yeah. Mm. Of, and yeah. the yeah, French seen... don't really like to borrow words from other languages if they can help it. Well, they <laughs> well. like to claim not. Okay, I'm seeing <laughs> it's apparently a contested uh, I'm origin not surprised. because I'm seeing another one that claims it is from the French anime meaning animated, lively, roused, but then it's also pointing out that the English word for animate or animated comes from the same Latin root word. Mm. So yeah. it's probably is... came from a combination of des of des and anime, French for cartoon, Yeah, and simply because actually a lot of what we now know as the anime style was influenced by the Walt Disney animated cartoons. Right. That right. introduced the word animation to Japan right. via the English imports. Right. Yeah, so it's probably a conflation of the two that yeah. you got, oh, this is an animation or a destined anime, and anime animation, it eventually just became anime. Anime. Mm -hmm. Which makes sense. Yeah. Right. Because weird things get lost in translation when you take them overseas. Yeah. Right. So many things get lost in translation when you take them overseas. Yeah. So, yes. Remember, like yep. in the eighties and nineties, where actually English speakers did not use the term anime, and they used Japanimation yeah, instead. Yes, Japanimation. Japan yep. Yeah. Exactly. Oh God. Yeah. And well, then even... you'd have people who get really mad when you'd use Japanimation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, yeah. it is a clever, a clever name smush. Yeah. Of of right. For name smushing, really it's like, became God, a thing. But it's like, come on, guys, just use anime. That's the term that they use it there, and then it's the other thing. Well, also anime. <laughs> that it became there that probably in Japan they were talking. Well, what do we call this? Well, just call it <laughs> anime. That's what they call it in French and English. That's what the French and English call it. Yeah. It's like what do. <sighs> Entomology <laughs> semantics. This is good radio. Yeah, yep. that's right. Yes, I've indeed. Got You're all glued to your seats, aren't you? Oh, uh, probably. So we should probably... Literal, what the fuck were we talking about? Uh... <laughs> well, I think we got... At, at one point, we were talking about Waluigi. Uh, we were talking about Waluigi, and that got to Jar Jar, which somehow led to CalArt style. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> and now I we're think, talking about animation. <laughs> but we can say, yeah, we can conclude by saying the time is right now for a Jar Jar movie. Yes. Uh, <laughs> this was the argument I was making on. No, I, I, I'm joking, but I'm sort of not. Like, I feel like I know. it's now the point where, you know, now that we've invested all this stuff in Jar Jar, he's like a symbol of all this stuff, and it could be like... It's almost poignant where he's like he was the character created to be. Uh, I feel like um, the character I always I always think of is uh, Vibe in DC Comics, the superhero character Vibe. Um, I'm aware of Vibe. I don't know much about well, him. Here's the thing: Have you seen the Flash, the CW Flash? Uh, not all of it. Um, uh, Cisco Ramon is Vibe, and he's the uh, he's the he's the sidekick to the Flash in the series. Uh, he's just a he's just a scientist, but he's Vibe. Uh, and in the 80s, he was, or early 90s maybe, he was created as this cool breakdancing, uh, you know, poochy-esque character uh, to be to be awesome, you know, what the kids were into. And of course, it was the usual thing created by 40-year-olds trying to be hip. And uh, it was just, he became an instant walking joke. 
but it's just a case of, you know, all they did was basically lose the labor aspects and put him in the show and he became a beloved character all of a sudden. And it's the kind of thing where characters who are created with the worst of motives, uh, they get a little history and they almost become likable because they're underdogs. That, <laughs> like it almost okay, becomes... that's entirely the argument for why people loved Waluigi. Right, exactly. Because yeah, they that's why started up building up under... how much of it is that uh, one, he is like basically treating him that he's like a wrestling heel villain, but like his entire heel motivation is around being aware of the fact that he's not popular and wanting to be and being resentful that no one will give him a chance to be popular. <laughs> well, he's popular now. He's made it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I always appreciate that when people make an attempt to fix a character instead of just going, oh, people didn't like this character. Uh, they're tragically crushed by a falling house in the next episode. Yeah. You know what I mean? That always that always bugs me. Um, and I think Homer Simpson was right. This is why I always cite Poochie. Uh, people forget about the end of that episode, which is Homer Simpson making a plea uh, to embrace Poochie and uh, maybe make the character work instead of just throwing him aside because everyone hates him. And then they throw him aside because everyone hates him and they immediately, everyone's cheering for the death of Poochie. Uh, but he had a point, I think. He was good. It would have been it would have been good to just commit to Poochie and try to make him work. Uh, I think that would have been uh, that would have been better. But anyway, actually, a um, uh, point of that comes up in Star Trek with uh, Bashir from Deep Space Nine. Sure. Uh, yeah. When, when, uh, well, when Deep Space Nine started out, Bashir was incredibly unpopular, and yeah. the writers like worked to fix the stuff people didn't like about him. Right. And right, and they yeah, and yeah. they worked it into his character arc rather than just jettisoning it yeah. or even uh, abandoning the character altogether. So well, it becomes, like, even if not intended, it becomes, ha-ha, see, this is what was planned yeah. all along. Right. Well, I think, yeah, they did it. They did a good job because he became, he sort of became the TNG character on Deep Space Nine. Yeah. Uh, he was the voice of sort of what we've gotten used to as Star Trek and, the, and Starfleet. Um, but actually, I have to say, though, um, Star Trek was always actually good about not abandoning its ideas even when they were bad and <laughs> trying to fix them because like the Ferengi as I've said before are one of the worst ideas ever uh, they're a really bad creation when they first appear on, on Next Generation oh, and in fact they're so bad they're created they're created in such a way that they can only really work in that episode in which they're created and yet they were meant to be ongoing antagonists um, there's a bunch of them uh, but they appeared in the first season and they were meant to be the ongoing villains uh, and there was the idea of the, like, they appear and everyone's like in awe of all the cool stuff they're doing. And then they're revealed to be, you know, losers. And it was actually this portal on another planet that was doing all the cool stuff. Um, <laughs> and um, so they've been completely undercut. They're also, you know, on a show that's supposed to be about, you know, relating to other cultures and, you know, working together. They're literally created to be everything bad. Uh, that Star Trek is not. They're capitalist. They're very sexist and misogynist. Uh, they're losers, and you know they steal and technology and all this other stuff. And they're made and, uh, but, to be like all ugly in that, as an illustration of it, which undercuts yeah part of the Star yeah, Trek exactly. idea of uh, acceptance. Which again, the fact that Deep Space Nine had fucking Quark 
like talking yeah. to Odo about it, actually called the series a task, saying that it's like the Federation yeah. tolerates a species that most look yeah. like them. Yeah, and yeah, there's a yeah, there's a great scene in in DC, it's it's a Cisco actually. He starts you know lecturing him, and you're like, oh my god, Quark's got a point. He's like, you're fine with you're all love and peace and joint hands, but you know my culture, and it's great because they never betray the character either. They don't suddenly make the Ferengi great. It's no, they're actually still slimy, uh, but they're kind of fun slime bags yeah. at that point. And they're like, and it becomes, you know, oh, okay, can we actually get along with these people who literally are against all of our values? And that actually becomes the the, the point of uh, Deep Space Nine with the Ferengi at that point. But they do have to kind of rework them a little bit yeah. into, um, like, having a bit of a, a a bit of an awakening. <laughs> and that Moogie, Moogie winds up basically leading the Ferengi feminist wave. <laughs> exactly. Which they, they, yeah. And they had to do, they had to do that because otherwise you've got this race of like blatant misogynists and it's like, you can't love lovable Quark if he believes very strongly and, you know, females are not allowed to have clothing and, you yeah. know, like that kind of stuff. It gets a little... But yeah, it's it's a good it, it, like it's good that they that's what I'm talking about. They did the work. They they yeah, looked at these sorry. characters. And they go, oh my god, we really we've got these terrible characters who are canon as part of Star Trek. How can we make fix them basically and make them work? Uh, which they, I'm impressed uh, by. So there were a number of times yeah. in Star Trek and that they, that's what, the more blatant one. I and think. they did but, that. Yeah, with they always the... were willing to go. No, we're not just going to throw this character under a bridge. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna do something or these these this idea we're not going to throw it aside we're going to work on it and say okay what if it actually worked so i'd like to that's why i'm saying i'd like to see something like that happen with yeah. georgia i've actually <laughs> been talking and been kind of wanting to see if i can get people into doing an anthology of jar jar stories right well just under yeah. the idea I'm that in. if you look that it's somebody who is like aware basically aware slash afraid they're a loser and is mm-hmm kind of propelled into success against mm. their wishes and intent and tries right. to do the best they could they can but is afraid that they're going to mess things up and mm-hmm. like their absolute worst nightmare that they will break everything comes true right like Jarcha should be very sympathetic he is the person for whom the imposter syndrome actually turns out to be horrifically correct right and it's like Exactly. Yeah, it's like, I don't get how people can't find that sympathetic, and then there's a lot to follow up on, basically, when Jar Jar uh, realizes that he's been manipulated into being the spark that ignites fascism. Right. Well, exactly, and as I was saying, like, he's in-universe, he should be hated as much as the character is hated in real life. Because he did screw everything up for the galaxy. He handed the reins to Palpatine, basically. He's a guy who's... But that's the thing. The character... Like, in The Phantom Menace, let's face it, the character's just stupid and goofy. And he is yeah. quite obnoxious. And they were like, yeah. oh, look at, how, look at how hilarious this guy is, kids. Don't you love him? And I mean, yeah, little kids loved him. But, like, Star Wars was usually better at kind of walking, uh, str- uh, you know, not just pandering to little kids, but to the whole audience. Um but now that there's been 20 years of this, like, you could almost go back to that and revisit it, and it could suddenly start working in a way, like, there's a depth to it that wasn't there before. Yeah. Anyway, potentially. Um, but hey, I'm on board for that uh, Jar Jar anthology, if you're yeah. not being. Um, I'd do it. All right, yeah, so we need to talk about that off screen. 
Yes. Uh, on that note, uh, we've got, have been going for quite a while, so uh, maybe and we'll wrap it up. And we got to, like, uh, nothing that I planned with actual clickbait, so I'll just save these for later. No, you gave us the Waluigi thing. That was clickbait. <laughs> That's fine. Um, uh, anyway, okay, uh, let's uh, wrap things up, folks. Uh, any final thoughts on anything? <laughs> Jar, Jar, Jar Jar should get a movie, is, the, uh, is what we, we've taken away from this. Waluigi. And also... Uh, conspiracy theories <laughs> are bad yes, there's a conspiracy they, theory a that to... Jar Jar the Sith Lord is masterminding to keep Waluigi down exactly well we've cracked it no more need for conspiracy theories we have the answers to all of life's problems and Samus uh, died behind we... the castle <laughs> yes <laughs> Waluigi, Waluigi killed Samus behind the castle, and QAnon knows it. And on that note, uh, we'll wrap it up for the evening. Um, have a good time, everyone. Um, see you again in a couple weeks. Uh, just wanted to mention we're now on YouTube uh, with the playlist Destroy All Clickbait on my channel, Prankster36. And all the links we've discussed in today's show are there underneath the video, which is a great place to leave comments. Uh, we also have links to our Patreons there. If you like what you hear, please consider uh, becoming a patron for one or both of us, me and Ing. Uh, you'll get access to comics and art, as well as getting to hear this show two weeks early. Uh, I also wanted to give a shout out to Jack Thierick, who wrote our theme song. And finally, a reminder, I'm on Twitter as Prankster36. Ing is Ingdammit. And Avi is Avi Via Vey. <laughs> A-V-I-V-I-A-V-A-I. Just to be confusing. Uh, you can follow one or all of us for updates on Twitter, uh, including notifications for when we're doing the Twitch stream, because we do record the show live on Twitch. Uh, so that's fun, so why not join us for that? Bye from all of us here in Internet Land, and uh, destroy all clickbait! Yay! Bye bye! Bye bye. <laughs>